0: Turning with me to the book of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, and chapter 20. Last week, in thinking about this chapter, we had some introductory remarks. Concerning the disobedience and rebellion of the nation of Israel. Keeping with the study and the context we're dealing with. But it moved our thoughts to... Not just Israel, but to the disobedience and utter rebellion against God that is the world over. And especially in the day and time in which we live, in the turmoil that it creates the turmoil that it creates in society in our homes as a result of it being in our homes is brought in to our churches it's not God honoring, it's not God pleasing and He is going to bring judgment upon this world. This passage of Scripture focuses upon those who rebel against God and disobey His commandments. his word his will and don't repent of it all sin as we have said in the past and said last week all sin is rebellion against God all sin is the breaking of God's commandments, the breaking of God's law. It is against God. It is in opposition to God. And as we go through this portion of Scripture, this 20th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, we're going to see God brings out several different time periods in the history of Israel and in all those time periods, in all those generations there was disobedience and rebellion against God. There was opposition to God. There was going away from God. God had chosen the Israelites to be his he then entered into a covenant with them at Mount Sinai a marriage contract with them at Mount Sinai and they immediately break it they immediately go astray from him seeking other they do not love God and if you're here tonight if you're here under the sound of my voice tonight and you say you you love God and you do not do his will you do not obey his commandments, you do not obey his word, you do not love him. Turn with me to the book of John. The book of John and chapter fourteen and know you know these verses or should I put it this way, if you don't, you should know them, John chapter 14 and verse 15 Jesus said to his disciples, his church, nucleus of his first church, he said in verse 15, he said if you love me Love me and you say you do keep my commandments obey my word. now turn with me to the book of first John the book of first John in chapter two. And we'll read verses 3-5. through five. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. We hereby we know In this we know that we know Him. We we know Him intimately. We're in a love relationship with Him. If we keep His commandments, if we obey His Word, He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him you say you say you love him you say you know him and you do not obey his word God calls you a liar but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected in other words he has the love of God in his heart he has the love of God shed abroad in his heart Romans 5 5 hereby know we that we are in him because we love Him and we keep His word. We obey His word. Chapter 5 of the book of First John. In verse 2 By this we know that we love the children of God. (laughs) You see, John deals a lot with with, if you love God, you love those that are begotten of God. Well, in fact, let's read verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. In other words, you love the children of God. And he says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and loving God is equated with keeping his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous, for they, they are not burdensome. They're not hard to bear up under. In fact, it's a delight for the one born again of God, the one who loves the children of God, he loves God, and in delight when he found keeping the word of God it's not a burden to him throughout the history of Israel she continually lapsed into unbelief you should know by now that disobedience to God's word, God equates it with unbelief. It's unbelief. He charged. He charged Moses and Aaron when they were diso- when they disobeyed him. And in, in the second time, they came to the rock, and in striking the rock a second time, instead of speaking to the rock as God had told them to do The word of God said, speak to the rock. And they smote the rock. God said, because you did not believe me, they weren't allowed to enter in to the promised land. Disobedience is unbelief. And Israel continually continually fell into unbelief, into rebellion. Disobedience against God. They refused to believe the Lord. They refused to believe Jehovah. They fe- refused to obey him and they rejected his word his commandments not just the generation in the world but generation after generation they continue in disobedience and rebellion against God in this passage of scripture God through his prophet Ezekiel has him to review with the elders of Israel review their sad history Their sad history of rebellion and disobedience. So getting back to our text in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 20, we want to read the first four verses. Ezekiel chapter 20 and beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in the seventh year in the fifth month the tenth day of the month that certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me. Ezekiel speaking. Then came the word of the Lord unto me saying Son of man it was God's God's word, God's phrase for Ezekiel. Remember, back in our in, in the first chapter, we in the second chapter, we we talked about the number of times in the book of Ezekiel God calls him son of man. Then came the word of the Lord unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto the elders of Israel, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. Are ye come to inquire of me? As I live, saith the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. Wilt thou judge them, son of man? Wilt thou judge them? Cause them to know the abominations of their fathers. So, this chapter is set forth in verse 4. He is going to be causing them to know their abominations. Not just the abominations of the fathers, but the abominations of the fathers were their abominations. In fact, they were As we've seen in the book of Ezekiel, they were more pronounced in it even than their fathers were. So, think about this. The first point is, Israel's rebellious leaders, elders, and they had come to inquire of the Lord, Before Ezekiel, Ezekiel being the prophet of the Lord and Ezekiel will have the word of the Lord and give us the word of the Lord. They are victorious, as is noted by God telling Ezekiel to say to them... This is the word. So consider this. Their rebellion, their disobedience, their sin, their abominations separated them from God. Now, the first thing we want to look at under this point is the timeline the timeline which we have in verse 1 it came to pass in the 7th year in the 5th month the 10th day of the month that is the 7th year the period of time that they had been in Captivity, since the captivity of Jehoiachin. Chapter one. In fact, let's let's go there. Chapter one and in verse two, give us a timeline. And. The timeline in chapter one, verse two, when when Ezekiel began his prophecy in the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. So when when Ezekiel began his began prophesying to them to. Captive was the fifth year of Jehoiachin's captivity now we come to the seventh year of Jehoiachin's captivity or you could say even Zedekiah's reign the seventh year of Zedekiah's reign because Zedekiah began to reign immediately after Jehoiachin was captured and taken captive That time period, Ezekiel has now been prophesying from chapter one to this point, approximately two years. Approximately two years have passed, and boy, is not all of that has Ezekiel has God had a lot to say for Ezekiel to say to his people and to show to his people another time we could put in there for your information remember in in chapter 8 in verse 1 there were some elders that met and they gave us a timeline then from chapter 8 through chapter 19 to this point is about 11 months had passed from his last word of prophecy from the Lord, his last message that was to be delivered. Now, concerning these elders, they came to Ezekiel, expecting to hear something, Something, something caused them to seek out Ezekiel, to come before Ezekiel. Something was troubling them. Something they want wanted some kind of an answer from from the Lord. history would reveal and tells us that in 591 B.C. the Egyptians gained a significant victory in the Sudan. Remember, most of the region all the way to Egypt was under rule, under King Nebuchadnezzar's rule, and they were advancing their empire. Remember in chapter 18, we had the great eagle, Nebuchadnezzar, and we had another great eagle, the king of Egypt. But the king of Babylon, the first great eagle, was greater and mightier than the other great eagle, the king of Egypt. 591 B.C. would be significant in that the Egyptians fought a battle in the Sudan, and and, and it was significant and it, that all corresponds with with Zedekiah's rebellion in his in the ninth year of his reign. His rebellion. Remember, he drifted. His his roots were towards Babylon at the first. From chapter eighteen, his roots were first towards Babylon. And then it began to grow towards Egypt. The second great eagle. It all corresponds with this. We found that, uh, and we won't turn there because we've read Second Corinthians chapter or Second Chronicles, excuse me, chapter 36. verses 11 through 13 uh, numerous times that portion of scripture there talks about uh, Zedekiah's reign and and in the ninth year of his reign he he rebelled (laughs) and King Nebuchadnezzar had to come up and lay siege to the city and laid siege to it until the eleventh year of his reign at which time he captured Zedekiah, killed his sons Put out his eyes. Now, the false prophets in Jerusalem and in Babylon, among the captives in Babylon, had been prophesying that this was just going to be short lived and, and it's going to be no time. And and God's going to send somebody to to defeat Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, and and we're going to return home. Contrary to Ezekiel's prophecy, it was contrary to Jeremiah's prophecy. Jeremiah was talking, prophesied, remember, of a 70 year period of captivity. They got a long ways to go yet, for seventy years to be filled. So they were prophesying wrongly, which was a, as we said, it in stark contrast to Ezekiel and Jeremiah's prophecy which was from the Lord, they were the true prophets of the Lord. As Ezekiel is not hesitant to tell us, and the word of the Lord came to me, saying, and the word of the Lord came to me, saying, and the word of the Lord said unto me. <laughs> he makes it plain. They were not his words. They were the words of God. And the elders not reconcile. I mean the false prophets are saying this and Ezekiel and, and, and we're getting word that Jeremiah is saying this and, and the two are just not reconcilable. You can imagine if you're an elder of Israel and you can imagine being of rebellious and disobedient elders as they were. They're going to believe the word of the false prophet. They're not wanting anything to do with the word of the Lord. From Ezekiel and Jeremiah. So we're we're going to settle this. We're we're going to Go to Ezekiel and inquire of the Lord from the mouth of Ezekiel. So, did they want to inquire of the Lord? for the truth? Or were they wanting Ezekiel to speak speak smooth things? As we read in the book of Jeremiah, that's what the people were wanting. They were wanting smooth things, not hard. spoken to them? Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1. me verse 3. This is the word of the Lord some, some years before this by the mouth of Isaiah. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah and said this concerning Israel. The ox knoweth his owner, verse 3 of Isaiah chapter 1, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are Corrupters. They have forsaken the Lord. They revoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They're going away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick the whole head faint. So, what do you think about them, Elder? Were they coming to seek the truth? Were they see, coming to seek the true word of God? <laughs> I think not. Back to our text in Ezekiel chapter. Ezekiel says in verse 2, Then came the word of the Lord unto me, Son of man, speak unto the elders of Israel, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Are ye come to inquire of me? As I live saith the Lord God I will not be inquired of by you wilt thou judge them son of man wilt thou judge them cause them to know the abominations of the fathers the Lord's response is it's firm it's a sad commentary but it's a firm word <laughs> are ye come to be in me you you Sinful people? You people that didn't want anything to do with me? You people that have turned your backs on me? You people that refuse to obey my commandments and my words? And now you're coming asking of me? Hmm. How many of God's people today are disobedient and, 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 and rebellious to His Word? Refuse to obey His Word. Boy, you let something trouble them, and, and boy, they want to fall. On, they, they want to run to the Lord. Don't you really think the Lord's saying, "You're asking of me." Why now? Where have you been? You see how it is. When times are hard, then you want to be allegiant to me. Did you notice here in, in verse 3 that he promised by his own life that he would not answer their inquiry? Or give them any guidance at all. He said, as I live. By my name, Jehovah. The ever living God. The only God. The only true God. I'll not answer your inquiry. I'll not give you any guidance. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. He says to Ezekiel, "Wilt thou judge them, son of man? <laughs> Wilt thou judge them? <laughs> they de- they deserve proper judgment. Will you judge them? <laughs> Will you excuse them?" See this double question to to Ezekiel was one of force. It was imperative that, that he deliver these words to these elders. Make them understand. This, is, this has been the course of Israel's life. From the days I brought him out of Egypt. Until this present day. Are you going to ask of me. Really. As I live. (laughs) I will not answer you. He will not. Here, back to the book of Isaiah, chapter one. Look with me at verse fifteen. After saying what what he says and in the preceding verses, and, and we read verses three through five to you, and, and it goes on, and he describes that that they're full of sores from the top of their head to the foot of their 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 feet. They're open sores and putrefying describe the horrible scene of their rebellion and disobedience and 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 what they what they are as a stench in the nostrils of God and he says in verse 15 of chapter 1 of Isaiah it says and when ye spread forth your hands when you come to when you come to me in prayer i will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. He's talking about full of innocent blood. They they had offered their children In the fire, Man and pastors offered their children as sacrifices to the gods which they worship. It wasn't the true God. True God doesn't demand that we give our children and sacrifice to Him on a fire. He demands that we. Sacrifice of ourselves, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, teaching and instructing them in the ways of the Lord, and how that they ought to walk, and how they ought to behave, so that they might hear the word of God, and might believe, and be saved, and walk in the right paths. Chapter 59 of the book of Isaiah. chapter 59 and verse 2. Well, I'm going to read verse 1 with it. Because I want you to think about what verse 1 says. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear He can he can still save, he's still able to save. He he can still hear. But have you wondered why you prayed and prayed and prayed for your children to be saved and he hadn't saved them? sovereign grace, Baptist. Well, God has not told the people they're going to be saved, and yet they will be saved. Why haven't your children been saved? Man for it, have he? you? You know what he said in verse 2? But your iniquities, <laughs> I can still hear, I can still hear perfectly fine, as I'm God, but you are the problem. Your iniquity have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you, and He will not hear. Chapter sixty four after all our righteousnesses, all our good works are filthy rags, and there are none. That calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee, there's none. For thou hast hid thy face from us and hast consumed us because of our. Iniquities. Turn with me back to the book of Ezekiel in chapter thirty nine, Ezekiel thirty nine and verse twenty three. heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity. The heathen. The nations. Because of the the Gentiles. They're going to know Why Israel is in the condition they're in? It's because of their iniquity. Because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them into the hand of their enemies. So fell they all by the sword. That's terrible, isn't it? That's awful, isn't it? Turn turn with me in comparison to that thought. Hold that thought from Ezekiel thirty nine twenty three. Turn with me, to book of Romans. Book of Romans in chapter eleven. Verse 20. Romans 11, 20. Well, because of their unbelief, they were broken off. Because of their disobedience, their unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Obedience. Faith is obedience. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, they are natural branches. And if he did not spare them, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Oh, sinful people laden with iniquity I boast ye Israel is an example to us and we're admonished to take heed Take heed. Take heed to our ways and doings. Read the book of Psalms in chapter 66 in verse 18. The psalmist, I didn't check to see if this was David speaking. I, I think maybe it is. He said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, it doesn't matter, it's the word of God. The Holy Spirit led whoever to tend these words. If I regard iniquity in my heart, if I regard iniquity, If I have it in my heart, if I hide it in my heart, if I try to cover it over, if it's it's there and I just allow it to continue to fester there, the Lord will not hear me. That was the word from man of God, one who saved. One of his back to the book of First John, chapter, and I know you know this. I could quote it to you. John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, there's the key. As far as our standing before God, we forgiven our sins, they're as far as the east is from the west. They're in the depths of the deep of the sea. I have a right standing with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ. But my state, my daily walk, gets dirty. I'm still a sinful creature, and I need to confess those sins and he'll be faithful (laughs) and just to forgive me those sins if I confess them. The confession of our sin is not a license to go out and do it again the next day. The word confessing there has the idea of not only saying the same thing about them that God does but then seeking to, to be rid of them seeking for them to be gone and never to fall into it again that same sin it's a turning from that sin God says to Israel in this chapter chapter 20 of Ezekiel They failed to do that. They failed to do that. They failed to repent of their sins. Our prayer list.